Let's, let's just pray, and then we're going to dig into the Word today. Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your mercy, your grace. And Lord, I pray that you would teach us about faith today and for these next few weeks, Lord, as we walk toward Easter and we examine the origin story of faith and where it comes from and what it actually is. God, I pray you'd open our eyes and help us see. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. You know, I love hearing people's origin stories. I get to talk to all of you people, and I encourage you, before you leave today, stop and talk to someone and ask them their story. And what you'll find is you'll, you'll talk to some people and you'll hear that they grew up within a stone's throw from this hill and they've never gone anywhere else. And they've got a really interesting story about always being in the same spot. And then you'll talk to somebody else and they've come from the other side of the world, either going laterally or vertically. And they've come from South America or somewhere over in the Middle East or somewhere in Africa or somewhere in Europe. And, and here we all are. I don't want to miss out on any countries, but you know what I'm saying. You go around and talk to some people and hear their origin story, hear where they've come from and how they've gotten here. It's fascinating to hear. I love hearing those things. And there's been an explosion of this over the last few years, especially once they, they started developing those ancestry kits where you can do your DNA and send it in and say, oh, here's where I'm from and here's where I'm from. And it, there's something about that that begins to feel like, oh, so that explains. Oh, okay, now I understand. Or that's a connection. You begin to feel like you're learning something uh, that you never knew about yourself, but you feel it deeply. They've even got TV shows of people discovering their ancestry and learning things about their family and the people who've gone before them and what their life was like. And there is just something deeply rewarding about hearing those stories about your past. It's where you came from. And it's informative and it's instructive and inspiring even. There's an origin story to our faith as well. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have been saved by God's grace through faith, this thing called faith. And that faith has a backstory that gives deep meaning to us today and to what it means to live this life of faith. It adds depth, it adds dimension, it adds richness to what faith is. Sometimes we throw this word faith around and, and it's very empty. It's just belief in nothingness. Well, there's a rich origin story to our faith that's out there that we want to know. One thing I've loved to experience at various times, and I've, I've been blessed to experience it, is I will go to different places in the world. I've been like Latvia. I've been to, into Sweden and Norway, which is where my ancestors come from. I've been down into uh, different Caribbean islands and South American places and over in Tanzania and places around there in Africa. And wherever I go, I've run into people who know Jesus. And even though our origin stories, where we're all from, is different, we share a common origin story that binds us together, and that's the origin story of faith. And it is amazing that we have this same root together that we share. And there are a bunch of places in the Bible that focus this origin story down to one person, um, the faith of this one person. And, and Paul calls this person, he says, anyone who believes in Jesus, anyone who follows Jesus, they are an ancestor of this one person. When the Gospel of Matthew sets out to write about Jesus and, and what he's come to do and who he is, it starts by whittling Jesus' ancestry down to this one person. Matthew 1.1 1, 1 says, 
This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the King. The son of David, the son of Abraham. If we want to know what faith is, we've got to go back to Abraham over and over and over again in the New Testament as Paul and others write about our faith and this faith that has saved us and what it means to be saved and, and how it's by faith. They call back to Abraham, whose story is part of the origin story of our faith. It goes back to Abraham because Abraham's story is our story. And so if we want to understand our faith, we're going to go back and we're going to walk through Abraham's story. Some people call him a hero of faith, and that's not wrong. It's true. But at the same time, one thing we'll see about Abraham is he is a hero with spots. He is a hero with blemishes, uh, which means, by the way, he's just like you and me. He's not much different than you and I at all. And we can learn a lot from his story. Not just his story. Really, it's the story of Abraham and Sarah. And maybe by walking around in their story over these next several weeks as we walk up to Easter, you and I, what we can do is we can learn the story of our faith and what it really is and recapture this heritage that we have and this lineage that we have and recapture what faith truly is and looks like. So let's, let's start at the beginning with Abraham's story. So you can go in your Bible to Genesis chapter 11, or you can follow along in the app and take notes there, or you can watch on the screen. But Genesis chapter 11 is where it starts to talk about Abraham. Abraham is the solution to a problem. The main problem, if you look at the beginning of Genesis chapter 11, the problem is people don't know who God is. They have no clue. They've completely lost all sense of who God is. And so they treat God like he's someone they can just reach up into heaven and pull down and manipulate. And God needs someone who will trust him and just follow in faith and obedience so that God can use that person's life to show who he is to the world. That's what God's doing with Abraham. And so here's, here's how Abraham's story starts. It starts with his dad. It says, this is the account of Terah's family. So I did it like this so you can get a picture. Terah had three sons, Abraham and Nahor and Haran. Uh, Haran was the father of Lot. You all remember Lot, right? But Haran died uh, in Ur of the Chaldeans, where they were, where he was born, while Terah was still living. And so now he's out of the picture. Meanwhile, Abraham and Nahor, they both got married. Uh, the name of Abraham's wife was Sarah, and Nahor's wife was Milcah. But Sarah wasn't able to have children. And one day, Terah took his son, Abram, and daughter-in-law, Sarah, and grandson Lot, and they left. They moved away, leaving behind Nahor and Milcah, who decided for whatever reason, we don't know, not to go with their family as they, as they traveled to this other part. They lived in tents. They were nomads. Uh, they didn't have really homes like we know homes. They wandered. They lived in tents, always moving around. But for some reason, these two didn't go with Terah and Abraham and Sarah and Lot. And so, but they did. They went to this place into a, a land called Haran, not the oldest brother anymore. Don't, don't worry about that name. It's a place now called Haran. They lived there for a while, and then Terah died, leaving just Abraham and Sarah and Lot. Now, there's only one reason. Most of you, if you were reading through the Bible and you read this passage, you would read through it and say, okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> Interesting, those are a lot of weird names. Uh, those are a lot of names that were hard to read. Those are places I don't know. What, what's this for? There's one reason this is in the Bible, this paragraph, these few couple paragraphs. God wants us to know that when he started with Abraham and Sarah, he was working with nothing. That's what he was doing. God's plan is to build an, a nation, 
a nation that would be so large it would be uncountable. Have you ever gone to the beach and tried to count how many grains of sand are there? I mean, if you found someone doing that, you'd bring them to the hospital, right? Because it's impossible and it's crazy to think of, but that's what God is intending to do. He's gonna make a nation that will become central to all of humanity. So what better couple to start with if I'm gonna build a great, huge nation of people, what better couple to start with than a couple who can't have children? This is here only to show us the, the, the emptiness of Abraham and Sarah. Everything in this, these two paragraphs is lost. Even the gains are losses. He gets married, but they can't have children. 